I mean, if anything that has to, if you truly love something, you're going to have rubber gloves involved at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) They're latex free. It's fine. (laughs) Nitrile, we're good. There's nothing weird about it. (laughs) What's up, y'all? I'm Zach. And I'm Steve, and this is Fireside Swift. How is it going, Steve? Pretty good, pretty good. A um, little tired. Uh, was out <laughs> late last night, so just kind of been a lazy day today. Uh, how mm-hmm. about yourself? It was. It, I'm. You know. I'm doing. Well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I had to. I had to deal with a bunch of date related stuff at work. Date related uh, stuff, which is never fun. Yeah, time zones and dates and uh, and yeah. things that can cross time zones. And technically, there are two days on the earth right now there is today for (laughs) us and there is tomorrow there is no more yesterday that that doesn't (laughs) exist but once midnight hits here there is a yesterday up until the day hits the date line and it was it was one of those weeks like like wait 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 wait. so there is no yesterday until not not for me there's no yesterday for like the people in australia and in england right now there is a yesterday yeah and then yeah. once it hits midnight here, there will be a yesterday that that is on Earth for me. <laughs> and there's uh, a today. And then the, there's oftentimes a tomorrow as well that people are already in. Uh, it depends. Like, yes, yes. The, well, again, like it depends on where you're at, whether there yeah. is a tomorrow or not. Yeah. This is These were the kind of philosophical <laughs> questions I found myself answering for half of the week. <laughs> Plus, you deal with airplanes, and so it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember, a plane can leave today and land yesterday. Yes, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> that, so it's like that's the thing that like most of us don't have to worry about in app development <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> like, how do you like, code for that? Like, trying to figure out the the scenario where okay, someone is looking at a plane that and leaves they on are, this day and it, they it are lands in today, yesterday. but it's the plane is actually happening. The flights happened yesterday for them technically. Yep. So how does the back end handle what we give them in a way that would make sense? Do you use a Unix timestamp? Is that like yeah, is we that do. the moral of the story? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, we do. <laughs> But still, the math that's going into this—it yeah. was—it was a bug around one line of code. No, oh, I yeah, I can see that. And the one line of code, I think, was one line of code because when it was originally written, they were like, "Uh, this is good enough for now." <laughs> yep. Because yeah. it's something that the one line of code covered the back, the back the code. Yeah, well, it, it covered the the case eighty percent of the time. Essentially, well, that's not a great percentage. Well, it's also something that it's also you know that other twenty percent is something that no one would really ever go to. Okay, um, it's been, bar- look at this way, a B. barely it's been, a B. It's been in the it's been in the code for three years at least. Okay. Um, I I was because I was tracking it through a bunch of files through Source Tree, 
Mm-hmm. And I finally hit a wall where I couldn't figure out where the, the new file that this was in came from. And I was like, uh, I've, I've gone back to 2017. Um, I think I'm good now. Like it's, it's been there for a while. I know that, um, our, our QA person found it. Okay. That, well, I mean, that's the purpose of QA. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm that, that, but that's how they found it. We didn't, we weren't getting like angry emails or reviews or anything, uh, with people having this, this issue. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a really wacky scenario and it's going to be good to have it, uh, fixed and put to rest, but the, the work involved to get it correct is, uh, more than I was, more than I was expecting. I mean, again, that, that doesn't surprise me that it was like one line because that, that tends to be the problem, but like, uh, it, it also it wouldn't surprise me that that's like a that's a painful thing to solve as well. Yeah. Uh, by I mean, the, the way, essentially the date it's a it's a date picker. The date picker's yeah. minimum day was incorrect. Yes. No, that makes that's sense. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. By the way, like um so you mentioned like going back 3 years of git history. Yeah. Um I I I I'm actually on Twitter less, even though I made a goal of getting on Twitter <laughs> more this year. Uh, but I've been on Twitter less. But um, one of my old coworkers tweeted something uh, that I read that would have been perfect for this. Um, and so I'm going to tell it to you. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter because I actually responded to it. But uh, it's called Git Bisect. And if you do a Git Bisect, so look that up, mm-hmm. uh, you can say... Uh, there's a problem introduced, or there is a problem in this commit right here. And then Git will then um, do a series of, at, like, it will go back to a series of commits and ask you, is the problem in this commit? Oh, wow. And, and so it'll use an algorithm and jump as many little like go halfway between like so it'll start like be like the first you're the latest commit there's a problem here it'll go like all the way back to your initial commit and go is there a problem here <laughs> you know is the problem still here yeah and then it'll go halfway and then it'll ask you again and it'll eventually pinpoint the exact commit where the problem occurred oh wow that's yeah. very interesting yeah it's really cool um Hopefully you never need to use it for anything, but like th- it, this would have been one of those cases where instead of having to like hunt down like all the changes that occurred in the last three years and and figure that out, you could mm-hmm. have done a git bisect. Yeah, and uh, that's that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like this this one change, we didn't know why it was written the way it was written in the first mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to understand that before I started monkeying with the code. Yeah. Um, and it got to the point where we were like, okay, look, we don't really know why it was written this way to begin with, but we do know it's a problem now. Let's just go ahead and fix the problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's another thing, too. You don't want to over-engineer. And it's like if you're just getting started with an app, you don't want to solve every case because yeah. you'll spend all of your time on one little thing that very few people will use. It's better to get an app out there and then fix the problems later. Uh, and it's possible that it's like, oh, yeah, we knew this was going to be a problem and we just didn't know how to solve it at the time and we just needed to get it out. And, you know, 
<laughs> like yeah. it finally came time. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's it's time to fix it. <laughs> we got the resources and we got the engineering power. <laughs> yeah, time to pay off that tech debt. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> So that that's cool. going okay. I uh I submitted my first PR for the actual solution on Friday and I think it's going to need some tweaks. But it's mm-hmm. one of those things where like I submitted the PR kind of expecting it to be the first step in, in a number of in a series of PRs where we finally yeah. like tweak it to get it to what it needs to be. That's because cool. even even just talking to my coworker about what the issue is is difficult, right? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, look, I let's start here. Like this is yeah. the foundation. Let's start here and say yeah. this is a partial solution. What do we need to do to get it to where it needs to be? Yeah. Um but other than that, things have been going well. I mean I, I had a goal last week to get up out of bed by five fifty and I did that. Okay. I nice. did that. So um and I think you had a goal along the same lines, yes? Yeah, I mean not to wake up that early, but um, No, but you went to, to bed around then uh, yeah. today. So <laughs> yes, that kind of counts. Yeah. Um but <laughs> <laughs> no, I made a goal of not looking at my phone when I get up in the morning. So like uh um you know, when I wake up I you, obviously I use my phone to uh, for my alarm, but after that, don't look at Twitter, don't look at the news or anything like that. And I succeeded, and it was a much better week. <laughs> well, well congratulations! Staying in bed for an hour, just browsing the news. Um, <laughs> no, I looked at my phone to see what time it was, set it down, told myself not to look at it until I was on my feet. And by the time I was on my feet, I didn't want to look at my phone anymore, so it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, so con- I'm, congrats on that. That's a big I'm step far, forward. Yeah, I'm far less informed, but I'm happier. <laughs> so I think that's good. It's a good trade off. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think we should talk about our sponsor, Sentry. Uh, this is a good time for that. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, you know you do have to just get an app out there, and you will make an engineering trade-off that you're not going to solve all the problems now. But uh, you know, in the future, you'll you either may know there's a problem, or may know that you just got the app out there without solving every problem. Um, and it would be useful to have some sort of uh, way of reporting when users run into issues. That's where Sentry starts, you know, steps in. Sentry uh, is an open source framework that you can add to your code base. Uh, you can either add it to your iOS, Android, or web apps, and it will let you know when things go wrong in your apps because sometimes you just have to ship it. Right, Zach? Indeed. Indeed you do. You got to get it out there. And if you don't want to be misinformed about one thing, it's it's crashes in your app. That is something you definitely want to be informed about. Maybe not as soon as you wake up, because that's kind of a rough way to start the day. Um, but knowing that it's happening means you can actually get on the fix and get it out there because, you know, as iOS developers, one of the uh, kind of caveats we have, one of the pitfalls, is that we are kind of dependent on Apple's, you know, okay, Apple say so for us getting our app and our fix actually out there, and that that can be rough sometimes when you're watching crashes pile up and you need something out there now. Um, what Sentry can do is actually let you know that it's happening, so you can get your code into code review uh, and get it through Apple and on the App Store where your users can have a fixed version of your app. 
Absolutely. And I've actually been woken up by crashes, so it's not a great way to wake up. Uh, you get a bunch of emails, and you look at it, and you get like maybe texts from other people in your company and go, <laughs> oh, great, I have to work a little earlier today. Um, so uh, Sentry is, as I mentioned, uh, free and easy to add to your code base. Um, it also has a host of premium features as well. Uh, those premium features do cost money. Um, some of them are very spectacular and you're going to want them. Um, and so I would suggest that if you decide to use some of the premium features of Sentry, use our promo code Fireside Swift. It's all one word, Fireside Swift. That will get you $100 off a new account. So go to Sentry.io and get your new account today. We'd like to thank Sentry again for sponsoring Fireside Swift. Okay, so do we have any follow-up this week? Because I we didn't do. see anything in Twitter. Well, we didn't, we didn't get <laughs> any follow-up uh, related to the last episode, which obviously means we got everything correct. Obviously. Um, yeah. Obviously. Uh, what, we d- what we did here, we did make one mistake, but let's start off with, um, with Heffertron. His, hmm. uh, his Fireside Swift tee arrived in the mail uh he took a selfie with it and sent it to us oh man and i'm gonna have to see that all right he that's was he was looking Twitter. good he was looking great um so i was it was fun to see you know someone that we've interacted with quite a bit wearing wearing our logo uh and wearing it proudly i'd like to add um now the one mistake we had was uh and this is something heffertron pointed out is that we actually we accidentally credited heffertron with something joe cab said in last week's follow-up that's right i did see that wait i don't see this well because we because we decided you were evil (laughs) okay that's well that's true uh i see the mug by by uh richard lowe Oh that, yeah, that that just came through, so it didn't make it into a, the notes. That looks awesome on your desk. Uh, so, man, I need to get one of those badly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't see Hevertron's uh, selfie. Is is Fireside Swift tagged in it? Oh yeah, it is. You just got to go back far enough. It's there. Oh wait, wait, there it is. Ah, oh, that looks great. That looks awesome. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to see, um, and it made me really happy to see it. That's so fantastic. thank you, Heffertron, for for the support and and Richard uh, for the support. Really appreciate that. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoy your merch. Uh, Zach and I have not bought ours yet. We need to. <laughs> uh, so yeah. well, we just uh, want you know we're being nice hosts. We're letting everyone else have a chance to get it before we do. Oh, I want it all. <laughs> I need to get some soon. Yeah, especially a mug. I need to get one of those mugs. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's that is it for follow up. Yeah. Oh, did did we explain why uh, we got it wrong? It's not just because I was evil. It's mostly because you're evil, though. It also um, has a lot to do with the fact that you put it in wrong in the notes, right? I mean, that may play into it a little bit, but okay. the the salient point here is that you were the one that read it, <laughs> so it's obviously your fault. Gotcha. Okay. You should have known. I should have known. You should have corrected the, me. The notes themselves said, "Okay." I've, I should. Right. I, I need to. You know what? I need to have a little, um, a little disclaimer on the notes that say, you know, Could nothing, be wrong. nothing in here is purported to be true. I mean, I thought that was implied, regardless. But. <laughs> well, that's that's not my fault. <laughs> but that also that... goes along with everything we say on this show, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right um so zach so steve 
Did you know that Apple is actually part of the Galactic Empire? I was unaware. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it, it happened... Um, gosh, I mean, it's, it's fairly recent that they joined the Empire. Uh, it was, I think, uh, the end of September, you know, uh, or early October, somewhere around there. Do you remember <laughs> okay. this? Okay. I, I, I feel like there would have been a press release somewhere. There was. There was a huge press release. And, like, and when they announced it before, like, when they announced their intention to uh to join the empire uh it was to great applause at wwdc i could not understand this for the life of me Um, now i i do remember you being very confused about something that was very well received at wwdc i don't see i don't see why anybody would be excited about apple going to the dark side it, I think we've had this conversation. I think you're having a fundamental misconception about what they were actually talking about. I mean, evil is evil. And, That's, you know. I'm not going to disagree with you there. But when Apple said that they were going to, to have dark mode, that's not dark side. Like, they're not... I'm They're not. pretty sure they said that they were okay with killing Jedi and that uh, we were all supposed to be slaves to the Empire. Were you watching the same WWDC that I was watching? I think so. Huh. I mean, it, it explains, why, they, they, it explains why Tim Cook was wearing that, that black robe. <laughs> yeah, but, see? Yeah. And the, no, the face I, I mask. Think, you know, I think and the br- you're weird wrong breather. here. Yeah. I think you're wrong. I'm I'm pretty sure uh, they do have a dark mode now, right? In they have iOS a dark 13? mode, but that's not the dark side. I'm pretty sure that's the same thing. What would Tim Cook's Sith Lord name be? Timus Cook Cookus. I didn't ask what his Roman name would be. Dar- Darth Darth Cookieth. Dark Timus. <laughs> dark Dark Cookieth doesn't really strike fear into dark anybody. Cookie. <laughs> dark Cookie. Darth Cookie. Darth Cookie. <laughs> That's um, that's just our little pet name for for, for Mr. Cook. So, <laughs> He's in my phone as Darth Cookie. Uh, <laughs> all right. So at any rate, we need to be able to handle the fact that Apple is now on the dark side. And um, <laughs> how do we do that? I mean, it seems like this is just a, a purely evil thing that Apple has decided to do. You really disliked this decision. I hated like, this decision. You, you were so. Ed, have you changed your mind since then? Are you still, no, I still firmly think it's on the why did we ever start down the dark side, dark I'm, mode path? I'm okay with them having a dark mode and a light mode. What I don't like is the extra work they've just hoisted onto developers mm-hmm. and treated it like they are giving us something that's good <laughs> like it, well, now like now we have to design essentially two different apps every mm-hmm. time we want to make an app and they've even though and we talked about this before there is uh, a way of avoiding dark mode for a time yeah. apple will eventually require you to handle both light and dark mode Right. I mean, I think what was well-received was the fact that we got any tools to do it at all. Because the app I work on mm-hmm. uh, day-to-day, 
because we are supporting, you know, older versions of iOS and because we rolled our own dark mode before Apple announced mm-hmm. this system level dark mode, we couldn't use any of the new goodies really. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we were able to do it somewhat. We were able to leverage yeah. leverage the new stuff somewhat, but let me tell you trying to shoehorn in our own dark mode for iOS 12 on top of what people could be getting with iOS 13 was not an easy task. Yeah, I mean, I could see that if you are going to build your own dark mode and we didn't get anything from Apple except for, you know, because it's a system-wide setting, if they all they did was say, okay, you have to check UI yes. application, you know, like you know, at the very beginning of the app startup and the app delegate, you know, whether in your light or dark mode or there's a notification that goes out when you change from light to dark mode and you, and you are required to change everything, um, that would be a pain in the butt. Yes. So the way I'm looking at it is, well, one, people were just, people like the dark aesthetic, right? Like, not everybody, but some people do. I prefer it. Some people do, yeah. Um, And and there are are times, we talked about this in my old company, um, a lot of events take place in dark venues. And we always had a light aesthetic to our apps. Um, And so it it was we kept talking about adding a dark mode in because sometimes you would open our app and it would just blind <laughs> you i get right. that you know i totally get that and but i just think that's like you, you know that's not every app and if you wanted to handle that like it's because it's a business case you should handle that and mm-hmm. it feels rather forced for apple to say nope everybody's got to handle it for every phone uh, and maybe that's just me being stubborn, but because uh, maybe, but like there is also access. I get there's accessibility to this, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I don't know. Like, uh, wasn't there already an accessibility feature for having a darkish mode, like a, high, or was that just high contrast? Am I? I think it was the, just high contrast, okay. but I can't answer. There was an, in, there was an invert colors option, which yes. some people were using as a dark mode. But and I, and I, I could totally see how. If uh, you are very light sensitive or something like that, um, dark mode would be a welcome thing. And plus, it's welcome that Apple would force developers to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. So I could yeah. I could absolutely see that. So I mean, I think it was people just being excited to to finally have dark mode. It's something that I think a lot of people wanted for a long time, and mm-hmm. the fact that uh, that Apple gave us the tools to go about implementing it in a fairly lightweight way well, again like was, i'm i'm, well, the, I'm the biased thing, though, i'm Zach. biased because yeah. i i have seen it done without yeah. the tools and it is a pain the thing was like the cheering occurred when they announced dark mode not when they announced <laughs> the tools to dark mode like, let people be like, excited steve not everybody has to like the like, same things you do it was like all the developers were like yeah and i'm like why are you saying yes like you just you're just cheering for more work <laughs> they made job it security i guess it is job security um i or, get to be paid well, for another six it's months that or if your boss is expecting you to do the same amount of work or same produce the same amount of work but now you've got to do double the work <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with designers too, right? Yeah, Unless- no, our designer was not super pleased. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I looked at our apps after iOS 13 because like we I didn't have time to get to it before iOS 13 came out. Uh, besides just like some basic bug checking, 
and um yeah they're really ugly in dark mode <laughs> like really ugly so i had to opt out otherwise it, it's like blatantly bad um mm-hmm. and it would just take a very long time to go through and uh unfortunately um for the company it's not my problem anymore so <laughs> Uh, fortunately yeah. for me, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was helping someone out with their app last year for a little bit, um, just kind of looking things over for them. And um, one of the things that they failed to take into account was dark mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I put my phone into dark mode. I looked at their app and I sent them a bunch of screenshots. And uh, they immediately asked me to figure out how to opt out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is... And, and, and like, you know, you discovered back then that uh, you can opt out, but uh, eventually that will not be good enough. So Right. And that's, that is something we discussed before. I don't remember what, what the exact resources were. Um, I could have mm. gone back through the, the old show notes, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it, was, it definitely said somewhere, basically, that, that Apple will eventually want everybody to conform to both, both modes. It's and it's in the info.p list is how you can opt out. So, yep. um, but yeah, again, um, let's let's talk about assuming you're not going to opt out or you have opt out opted out and you're going to have a branch of your app like another version that comes out in the future that where you are going to opt into dark dark and light mode. Um, how like what are some of the tools that Apple gives us to be able to execute on that? So, what do we got, Zach? So I think one of the biggest ways to conform to, to dark mode or to you know be able to jump between dark and light um, are the adaptive colors okay. that, that Apple has provided for us. And so what an adaptive color is, it's, it's a color that will return a different color depending on the interface style. So okay. um, you, know, you set a label color to something, and if it's in light mode, you get a a dark label because it'll most likely be a dark text on a light background. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's in dark mode, you'll get a light label because it will be light text on a dark background. Yep. Um, and so the idea with this is that it's it's semantic colors. You don't provide like fixed color values. Yeah, and I think this is a good uh, practice or habit to have. Uh, if you are rolling your own custom colors to name them kind of like the way that Apple names these semantic <laughs> colors. Um, but, uh, and you know, the idea is like, you don't have like an orange color, you have an alert color. Yep. And uh, that way, if your brand uh, of the app ever changes, like you want to change your color scheme for whatever reason, um, you know, we don't like the orange anymore. We really want to make it a red. And so it's not, oh, I need to change all of my orange, you know, colors throughout <laughs> the app to say red. And now you've got to like figure all that out. No, you just change the alert color to red, which mm-hmm. makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, I really liked the way that they approached it because, you know, they, they gave us a bunch for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you get a label, which is an instance of UI color. And this is going to be the color for text labels that contain primary content, right? So you have uh, label.color equals label, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the part that I really like is they, they took it a step further, right? Like not only do you have label, but you have secondary label, tertiary label and uh quarter quaternary label, right? So like for, for labels that aren't the um, I guess the number one UI element you want people to pay attention to, right? Like if you want something to be a little bit faded because it's, it's to give the, the initial uh, label some context, right? Uh, you can use that secondary label color. So, Zach, be honest with me. Mm-hmm. Did you know how to describe the fourth of something <laughs> before <laughs> before reading <laughs> quaternary when you were looking this up? Uh, yes, because you knew of, quaternary <laughs> because of because of chemistry. Oh, okay. Such, yeah. Uh, so what's what's fifth? Um, pent, penternary. Yeah, yeah, that actually makes sense. Uh, yeah, do you know six. And it would be hexenary, hexenary, then septenary, then octenary. Okay. Then I can't remember nine. what nine is, but then ten would be decanary. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't know that. I did not know quaternary. Um, yeah, at all. <laughs> Although it makes <laughs> kind of sense. It's just a weird word to even it's, say. It's a weird word um, to look at. I've used tertiary before, mm-hmm. and I've definitely used secondary. Yes. Uh, and I'm kind of surprised it's not primary for label. I uh, know. It, it is weird how it's just label. Yeah. And then and there's no like denominator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like someone new coming to this would just, that just there's no. Yeah, there's there's just label, Which I think is right? Exact, because, exactly why that's the primary label. You wouldn't start typing primary. You would want to use. You mm-hmm. would start typing label. I want the label color. Well, that's that's what you're going to get. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, what's kind of neat is um, there's also like other ones like uh, system fill, and so there's like a secondary system fill and a tertiary system fill, and so on and so forth. There's um, Oh gosh, there's so many other ones like table background. There's an alert color. Um, there's so many different <laughs> colors that that they have. Uh, isn't there like a separator line color as well? Like, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it covered just about everything. Yeah, yeah. And I, actually, so like when I so I'm working on uh, an app right now, uh, side project. Again, it's still stealth. As soon as I <laughs> pull it out of stealth, I'll I'll start talking about it more in uh, you know more specific terms but um i really liked the way that apple provided these uh these semantic colors so when i made my custom colors for this app i went through and even though i don't need this many different kinds of colors yet (sighs) i went ahead and created a custom color for every single one that that parallels apples so right uh, so Apple has the the label, secondary label, and tertiary label. Well, I've got with just a prefix on it the same thing: label, secondary label, uh, tertiary label, quaternary label. Um, and so, uh, and I did that with every single one because, like, I just think it's a good practice to have. And mm-hmm. you could always add more, but it also gives you a template for here's probably the kinds of colors you need for uh for an app going forward i mean this is Mm -hmm. the kind of colors that apple needs so why not duplicate that 
Well, it, it, it's always good to just follow the template that they laid down, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, not only does it help you kind of understand what you're doing, but you know, think about if your company eventually hires someone to come work on the app that yeah. you're working on. Then they will know what they're looking at mm-hmm. just in the context of the grander, you know, Apple scheme. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's it's best to follow patterns, right? Like, that's one of the things that uh, we like to do as programmers because it makes our lives easier, but it also makes the lives of other engineers easier when they join your team or go to other teams. If we all follow similar patterns, we can probably build a lot cooler things, you know, because <laughs> we are all learning off of each other. <laughs> um, so... I, at least I'd like to think that that's the case. But then again, there are, <laughs> of course, every team operates a little bit differently. And right. so, yeah, sometimes that's helpful going to other teams and sometimes it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So you were talking about your custom colors, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, you could build the entire app with what Apple gives you, but it's more but fun most to. People don't, yeah, most people don't want to do that, right? Yeah, like, most people don't want to do Apple's it. Colors. Yeah. So how did you make your custom colors? So, because this is the part, this is the toy that I didn't get to play with. Yeah, and I think this is really great that Apple did this. Uh, makes a huge difference. Um, so in the assets folder that we get in all of our Xcode projects now, uh, if you were to add a new uh, a new asset, you now have this uh, new type of object you can add called a color set. So you can add a new color set and. Initially, it's just one color when you add a new one, but mm-hmm. excuse me, there's an option on the, the side in the um, attributes inspector, I think it's called, um, and you can select the appearances, and the options you have there, it's a drop down. you ha- either have none, in which case this color is universally that color, no matter if the, the app is in light mode or dark mode, you have any comma dark which means the first color you set is the like the default color uh so even if the the app is on devices that are older than ios 13 and don't have a lighter dark mode that first color will apply for um light mode and all the apps you know all the yeah the the app running before ios 13 mm-hmm. uh, and then the dark mode color would be only if the app is in dark mode. And then the other option you have is any comma light comma dark. So now you have to choose three colors. And this <laughs> this while we, while Zach and I were talking about this episode before we uh, actually started recording, I was a little confused. Why are there? Why isn't there just like a light mode and dark mode? option like uh, you know an all option like any right. and and uh a light and a dark and then you just choose a default um so it this third option the any comma light comma dark is kind of the idea where you you choose your light color you choose your dark color and then the any would be for uh devices that are running your app before iOS 13 so uh, let's say you don't want the default color to be light mode. What if you wanted it to be dark mode? Well, you just set your any color to be the same as your dark mode color. Mm-hmm. Or 
if you really wanted the iOS 13 app your version to stand out more, um, then you just have a totally different color set for <laughs> you know the app before they switch to iOS 13. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you could kind of uh, force your users to uh, to upgrade their operating system on their device by just uh, putting an extremely ugly color <laughs> set <laughs> in your your any. So because uh, I'm sure what the user will think is is not let me just delete this app. What no, they're going to think is let me upgrade. Yeah, I must upgrade my uh, my phone's operating system because that's what's wrong. <laughs> now what now what about phones that you know you can still run iOS 12 on but cannot be upgraded to the to the newest operating system? Uh so I mean that they would use the any color. So um whatever well, but they would get, they there. would get the ugly one is what I was saying. Oh, you you're you're still and, in that world. Yeah. Yes. Then yes, yeah. they would use <laughs> And that's what they have the, to live with. They have to live with it for for not buying a new phone. <laughs> Um, so not only are you forcing people to upgrade to the new uh, OS, you're you're forcing people to buy a brand new phone entirely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. You're doing yeah. them a favor is essentially you're, you're, what it yeah, is. Yeah, you're punishing them, but uh, it, you're hurt. It's it's like one of those things where your parents tell you, like, you're, I'm hurting myself more than I'm hurting you. <laughs> yeah. I wish, could you, maybe you could also give them an alert saying, like, you know, <laughs> you did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. <laughs> Oh, that's so bad. That's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Clown colors. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now now you've defined all of your your custom colors, but how do you actually access them when you're in the app? All right, like when so, you're when you're writing code. Yeah. So, um, well, let's be, before we get to writing code, one of the most common ways to add color is in a visual way of setting up your views, right? Either using right. Uh, Storyboard or Zibs, so Interface Builder. Um, once you create these color assets, they will show up in the color dropdown, and they actually get their own special section. Oh, nice. Uh, and, yeah, and it's great. They're named, and it looks awesome, and you just select that color, and you and there you go. You're good for light and dark mode. You don't have to mm-hmm. think about it. It's not, uh, yeah, you don't have to listen to any notifications from the system. It They change appropriately. It's very, very cool. Nice. Um, but every so often, you're going to have to add these colors through code, too, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You, well, then there there are people who don't use storyboards or such, yeah, right? Exactly. People, there's the, plenty of people who use. like doing, yeah, exactly, purely programmatic interfaces. Yeah, and like if you're using Swift UI, I mean, technically that's all programmatic now, and so mm-hmm. you're gonna need to access the colors that way too. Um, so if you're gonna do that, then um, why not follow Apple's pa- uh, pattern um, where uh, you know. It's UI color dot label, right? If you wanted mm-hmm. the label color. Well, I want to be able to say UI color dot the my custom prefix label, right? So I want right. the label color for my app. Um, so what I did is I extended UI color and then added a bunch of class variables just like uh, just like uh, they did for uh, their <laughs> colors. And That's I awesome. Just, yeah, I just have them return. Uh, so now this is the tricky part, and this is one of the things I don't like about iOS. Even though I've added it to added these colors as assets in the project, uh, now in order to instantiate them, I've got to 
use the the UI color named instantiator. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Yeah, yeah. So it's like you have to spell it exactly the way you added it into your <laughs> asset folder, which right. is terrible. I absolutely I, hate that. It's it's. I mean, it's like when uh, you're using a cell reuse identifier and you mm-hmm. you mistype it, and then yep. your app crashes, and you have to figure out why. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I. That's another reason I think to make uh, like an extension instead of trying to type this, uh, trying to do this every single time in your code, doing mm-hmm. you know UI color named a particular particular name because that's that's problematic like you could uh crash the app uh i would suggest making the extension and then putting them all here that way all you got to do is ui color dot you know whatever your color is named and uh it should work and i really cool blue yeah (laughs) i definitely might recommend testing it like once you once you've created them all uh test them out make sure that you you know they all work and but the the thing is the system or you know the IDE will not help you if for some reason you change a color's name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're kind of on your own in that mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what I did. Um, but Zach, you uh, you took a different t- uh, approach with this, didn't you? Um, yeah. So we we basically wrapped everything multiple times so that we end up like with a, the like correct a- color. Like a really right. scary so Christmas present. We have uh, pretty much right. So we have we have a color struct, and inside of the color struct, uh, there are two inner structs. One is app, and one is system. Um, and then inside of each of those, we have we have those call other structs inside of our app, and it's basically like a chain, right? Mm-hmm. So we can do, you know, colors.system.background.dynamic. Okay. And you have to follow that chain down to see what you get at the end of it. And <laughs> we ended up, we ended up um, uh, wrapping UI color in our own custom implementation uh to get the correct dynamic color because we have to check whether the user is on ios 12 or ios 13 those are the Mm -hmm. two os versions we we run but because there's this incompatibility where you know ios 12 doesn't have this concept of dark mode but we do have a dark mode that exists on ios 12 Uh, that's that's the key right there if you are trying to have dark mode before ios 13 you have to do something like this in mm -hmm. order to actually put the entire app in a dark mode yeah yeah and so that's it's it's not as elegant as being able to use um you know this this asset catalog Mm -hmm. uh but it does work um Mm -hmm. now once ios 13 uh or once ios 14 drops and we don't support ios 12 anymore we will go back and kind of remove all of that old dead code because we're not going to need the check anymore Mm -hmm. um so sense. that's that's something I'm looking forward to because it's yeah. going to streamline our process immensely. Uh, yeah. That being said, like taking all that code out is also going to be a pretty major project and getting yeah. everything converted. Yeah. Um, so that's not going to be fun. But once we 
once we update it to this new system, it's going to feel like we're living in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the neat things um, is just like these, it, you, there is not like, even though there's two colors or maybe even three colors um, within the the color asset, um, you just refer to it uh, as one name. So it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, within the interface builder, you select one color and, you know, it's this, it will change based on if these, the app is in light mode or dark mode. And then uh, if you add it programmatically, as long as you choose the, the correct color name and it is uh, appropriately set up to have multiple colors, it will change its color in real time if the user is in light mode or dark mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's actually not that much like programming work as long as you do the work ahead of time and you're not stuck in that situation like uh, Zach was saying where <laughs> 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 like you, you know you uh, you you got to build something um, before iOS 13 and then iOS 13 drops that bomb of oh yeah not only yeah. are we doing dark <laughs> mode we're going to help you with dark mode um, yeah. so it, yeah it's 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 not bad uh i still complain that it's like all right well i wasn't a great designer before and uh, <laughs> so i could barely do one set of colors now you're asking me to do two sets of colors so you're looking for uh double triple the work <laughs> so what i'm hearing is you have an opportunity to grow mm, sure you can call it that <laughs> or less time to do the same bad job that we going to do before <laughs> yeah Eh, that could be it too yeah so uh it's not just for colors though right because like um if you change from light to dark mode uh other things could be affected as well uh Mm -hmm. like images right right and then you don't want to be you know stuck with this quote-unquote light mode image in dark mode like think about Mm -hmm. if you had uh, a logo and your logo was really really dark but that looks great yeah. You know, in light mode. Well, when the user turns the the app or the phone to dark mode, your logo could disappear. Yeah. And that's not something you want to have happen. Totally. Now, I would argue like uh, I mean, and this obviously depends on logos, but uh if you have a, a monochromatic logo, you could just uh have that as like a, a template image, right? Like a uh, mm-hmm. render as template. Um, and then you could set the tint color, and then you set that tint color to a light mode, an adaptive color. Um, right. But what if your logo has other colors in it, right? <laughs> like, you know, you can't necessarily do that. Um, and so if you're going to handle it that way, or other things that are not logos, let's say they're like example photos, like uh, in a mm-hmm. tutorial or something like that, or a background photo, right? Yeah. Um, you you could potentially lose uh, your whole design aesthetic or like lose parts of the UI because that image doesn't change. Um, well, now you could use the same uh, appearance option uh, with colors that you can do. You could do that with images as well. So you right. can provide a different image based on any light or dark. Mm-hmm. And then it's nice that they kept this the same too, yeah, right? I like because you you essentially are still only learning one system. Yep. You're just applying it to a different part of your app. Yep. 
but the system works the same way yeah yeah no it's 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 pretty nice i i really like that um and and like they they did take a i'm just glad that they did this because it would have been like yeah a a slap in the face and then a gut punch (laughs) if we didn't have any of this stuff this was just a slap in the face of just like all right you gotta you got more work to do um but Mm. it's like it's not as bad as it could be and of course it does add value too um Mm -hmm. zach your company was making a dark mode (laughs) before (laughs) even ios 13 so it's like you your company already decided that this was valuable to have uh right my my company had talked about having a dark mode for a long time so like but we it wasn't worth it for us at the time to to put forth that effort uh now i would think that the that should be prioritized because not only is apple saying it's required um <laughs> it you know it's a lot easier to do now than it was before well they're not saying it's required yet they're strongly suggesting You're right. You're right. that you do it they are saying that it will be required soon so that's yeah, the, they just that. don't give us a date on that <laughs> yeah so it is required just not yet <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I, yeah i agree yeah. um now it's it's worth kind of covering the methods that get called during a transition because if you don't have your code that updates your ui in one of these methods mm-hmm. you could go through you know adding all the colors to the asset catalog adding the images to the asset catalog and then look at your app and flip it back and forth and have your stuff stay the same yeah and you'll have to figure out, wait, I, I have the assets, I have the, the images, the colors, I have everything defined correctly, what's wrong? Like, what am I missing? Yeah, it's it's possible you can mess something up, or for uh, maybe you need to move something around uh, for whatever reason, so you, you need to do more than just change the color. Uh, you need, yeah, you need to take it a, an extra step further, and you just need to hear when they change from light to dark mode. Mm-hmm. um you know for whatever reason uh you yeah these these methods can help you do that so zach what do we got uh let's start with ui view okay. um so in ui view you have trait collection did change layout sub views draw update constraints and tint color did change so each each one of those five methods when the user flips from light to dark or dark to light each one of those will get called yeah so that's that's good to know that like if you I mean if you if you are making a truly custom controller a custom view <laughs> uh as long as you cover light mode dark mode in draw and it goes down the different path based on mm. um <laughs> you know how you you know what or what <laughs> what appearance the uh, the app is the, the operating system is in at that point in time uh you're done you you, you put it in draw great good for you yeah. <laughs> um, but uh Otherwise, you know, you can have you can latch into uh, trait collection did change or uh, tint color did change. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. and essentially, like the light mode and dark mode stuff is in the the trait collection for the app. Yeah. Um. So that's that's one way you can tie into it. Yeah, I I would probably suggest if you have some really heavy lifting to do that's not just color related or or yeah, really just not color related. Um, trait collection did change would make the most most sense there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so in UI view controller, you know, you can also take care of it there. Uh, again, you have trait collection did change. 
Then you have update view constraints, view will layout subviews, and view did layout subviews. Yeah, and again, I think trait collection did change would make the most sense there. Uh, but if you are already doing the work that needs to be done for setting up views appropriately in, let's say, view will layout subviews, then you don't have any more work to do. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> like, good job. You um, did it. But again, if you need to do some heavy lifting, maybe trait collection to change makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, let's cover UI presentation controller. There's, again, trait collection did change. Container view will lay out subviews. And container view did lay out subviews. So if, if you're in any one of these and you can't remember the specifics of which function gets called um, on an, a dark mode update or a light mode update, uh Put your code in trait collection did change and it will get called in <laughs> yeah. each of these. <laughs> yeah, that, that that should make your life a lot easier. And it might be it might be good just to keep it there. That way, you know, mm -hmm. as you're working on your app, like this is where my my dark mode to light mode transition stuff goes. You yep. have one place for it throughout your app. You don't need to worry like, well, sometimes it's in draw and sometimes it's in view will layout subviews. Like the fact that you can stay consistent is nice. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, um, I guess uh, I think that's the majority of things we wanted to cover for this episode. But mm -hmm. um, there is another trick you could use that could help with uh, different contrasting colors. Uh, and that's the visual effects uh what would be like the visual effects view. Is that what it's called? Uh, I don't remember the, exactly. the materials. Well, that's the materials of the is the oh. view, right? Right? It's the visual yes. effects view. Yeah. Um, it's UI visual effect view. Thank you. That's that's what I was trying to. No, yeah, I see that. No, it's no. Uh, <laughs> but they, <laughs> but Apple gave us a bunch of new materials for that as well. That will change based on light mode or dark mode, right? Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Like if you watch the the WWDC video, um, they they go into how it's more nuanced than you know, a dark mode to light mode switch isn't exactly one to one. Like mm -hmm. light mode visual effects materials. Um, kind of respond a different way than the dark mode visual effect materials do. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've used the visual effects materials or just visual effects view um, to make things stand out when they're on a background that I don't have control over, like a, an image or something of that nature that, you know, maybe it scrolls and so, like, it changes. So I will want... Um, you know, text on top of that to still stand out, even though I literally don't know what's going to be behind it. That's when I use, <laughs> and, and plus it looks cool. It looks really cool to have that visual mm -hmm. effects view um, behind text. Uh, and uh, sometimes, if I really want to get crazy, I'll use the vibrancy effect, um, which again we have more options now with that, which is cool. Like it's it's nice to have more options than just blurring the background, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, we had a bunch of old old blur views we were able to get rid of, which actually made our lives much easier. And you just got rid of them? You didn't change them to these new, uh, new well, materials? Well, we were able to change them to the new materials, but it it took away a lot of complexity that was added yeah. because of the way the blur views were originally set up. Yeah, that makes sense. If that makes sense, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so at any rate, uh, I'm still not particularly happy about uh, light mode, dark <laughs> mode. 
Um, but it does look really nice. And once you do have everything set up, it is pretty slick. Uh, it's fairly easy to uh, to change. Oh, another thing some of my friends taught me the other day is, uh, especially when you're testing, um, I highly recommend putting the light mode, dark mode switch uh, in command center. So, you know, when you swipe down oh. to get that command center, um, you can add the ability to change between light mode and dark mode in a single button push. Uh, Interesting. Makes a huge difference when you're just switching between the two to test them out. So all developers should do that. Uh, in fact, my friends were making fun of me because I didn't know about that, and I would just go to settings every single time, and <laughs> it was just awful. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I would do, too. I'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna going to put it there. Yeah, so... And even if you don't put it in command center, what you could do is uh, either long press or force press uh, the brightness, uh, right? The brightness mm-hmm. slider, and then there's a dark mode on, dark mode off uh, button on the bottom. Wow, yeah. that's cool. So, uh, yeah, both things I didn't know about. Nope. Um, I should have known about the one with the brightness slider because that just makes sense um, because that's where the <laughs> the what's it called the blue shift um oh now i'll look it up (laughs) night night shift not blue shift night shift you know where it uh, changes the blues in the Mm -hmm. the the background colors um or just all the colors in the 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 screen um yeah so it's it's right in with that yeah excellent yeah so any did i miss anything did did we miss anything zach no, I think uh, I think we covered it all pretty well. Um, if we did miss something, please let us know. Cool. All right. Well, I don't think we have any shout outs today, right, Zach? No, the uh, maybe the aggregator's down again. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I think we, yeah, we no. need more people to test it's, the aggregator. <laughs> it's it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's, we it's did see, doing its thing. What was that one thing we saw about the uh, the test on the aggregator? that uh, uh it, it was that one star that said they were going to move it up to five stars it looks like it's up to three stars now but that did not come through the aggregator we actually found that ourselves that's true so uh we did notice it because we were just looking around at the the different reviews and seeing if the aggregator was working and all that uh, just to make sure that uh you know something didn't squeak by and the aggregator missed it um, so we did see that that score did go up to three stars. Thank you. Uh, but we we definitely would prefer five stars. So we'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, so. It looks like the re- the aggregator doesn't catch star updates, but it mm-hmm. I think it does catch review updates. I think it does because we did get uh, one at least one person. Uh, Send us like ch- I think was it your changing a review. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it for this week. Uh, thank you all for coming by. Thank you, Century, for so- sponsoring us, and we will see you all next week. Y'all have a good one. It's such a good feeling to be at the end. A happy feeling, but there may have been a mistake or two. So we'd like to hear from you. Twitter's great. Breaker might beat it. Email's fine, but we rarely read it. But we love five-star reviews. And we promise to mention you. So get a pen and write this down. 
<laughs> Just kidding, who's got pens around? Still they'd love to hear from you Steve Berard and Zach Belgoo Tweet at Zach and have some fun At T-F-A-L-G, oh you do one At T-F-A-L-G, oh you do one He'll write back when his work is done Tweet at Steve and you will see Clever use of the emoji At S-W-B R-A-R-D Fireside Swift has its own handle So you can burn three sides of the candle At Fireside underscore Swift At Fireside underscore Swift And if your message is a little too long There's Fireside Swift at gmail.com And FiresideSwift.com FiresideSwift.com By the way, have you watched The Expanse yet? No. I do you know not. what The Expanse is? No, I do not. So, um, The Expanse... You have heard of it. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you have, if you have Amazon Prime, yep. um, you, can, uh, you can just watch it right now, which is cool. Um, although I don't recommend just like watching it right now because we're going to record a podcast. I could and watch it right now instead of doing the podcast. You could. That's... That is a viable option. <laughs> I could try to do it while recording the podcast. Uh, one is going to suffer. I'm not really sure which one, but you're, you'll either not understand what's happening in the show or uh, the podcast is going to go poorly. One, one or the other. I'm not really sure. You don't. I mean, we could roll the dice. We could find we out. We could. We could. These right are things now, we could do. We, yes, these are things we could do. I'm up for a little experiment. You do you. <laughs> That's the second time you've told me that. No, last time I said you do you, boo-boo. That's close so. enough. I mean, the, okay, you still said you do you. You just added a, a term of endearment to the end of it. You do you, boo-boo. <laughs> That's a chappy saying. Is it really? Him. Yeah, yeah. he says that to me all the time. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah. Um, so The Expanse. Anyways. Is it okay, a so, show I should not watch literally right now? Not literally right now. And I probably wouldn't recommend even getting starting started on it tonight because it's one of those shows where it's like you watch one episode and you want to watch the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also hour-long episodes. So yeah. you'll be you'll be up for quite a long time. Yeah, I couldn't do um, that right now. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. do that right now. Because you're I'm not tired at all. <laughs> I'm wondering how I'm going to make it through the podcast. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly uh anyways uh so the expanse it's very similar to in i guess feel to battlestar galactica like serious Mm -hmm. you know yeah um but it's um let's see here yeah in feel i would say it's battlestar galactica-esque or game of thrones-esque um not quite as brutal as game of thrones (laughs) right um or Sexy Time, you know, it's yeah. not on HBO. Right. Uh, I think it started on Sci-Fi Channel. It did. Uh, I was just, yeah. I was on the Wikipedia okay. page. It was like three yeah. seasons on Sci-Fi and then one on Amazon Prime. It was only, th- wait, it, it made three? I thought it only made two and then Amazon rescued it for the third season. Uh, let Wikipedia me... says three seasons on 
on sci-fi yes okay. yes wow interesting um I thought, it was on I thought, uh, was there, so the first season uh was december 2015 to february 2016 okay. on sci-fi um 10 episodes the second season was 13 episodes february 2017 to april 2017 the third season was 13 episodes april 2018 to june 2018 okay and then, and then they just came fourth, out the fourth yeah the fourth season, season a while ago yeah december of 2019 yeah and i decide just decided to start watching the fourth season i you know, had gotten to that a while ago and was waiting for the season to come out. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so, and it came out in December and I just now started watching it and I just now finished it early <laughs> before we started recording it. Perfect. It's like t- 10 episodes and I like binge watched most of it. It was fantastic. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's such a good show. Uh, it's all, okay. So it's, it's like, uh, Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica in tone. And like, if you miss it, wait, did you watch Battlestar Galactica? No. Uh, okay also no you, i mean i know you, you i know definitely need to do that battlestar so galactica yeah you definitely need to watch that at some point it's that's great the show. one with the klingons right mm, not the klingons <laughs> no <laughs> cylons oh yeah those cylons yeah <laughs> um so anyways uh okay um so what else can i compare it to have you seen firefly at least? i have seen firefly okay so it's got some of like the um draw like it's something it's similar to firefly in the sense that uh you follow one crew most mm-hmm. of the time um but there are other stories so it's not just the one crew and only focus on them it will bounce around to other stories because it's it's a very large um geopolitical story as well and like it's it's like what happens after we actually colonize space you know how would that look mm-hmm. uh, well we would probably turn the moon into um, like a base of yeah. operations yeah. You know, so we can go elsewhere. Um, and we would probably colonize Mars, but we would try to terraform it. And that's going to be a multi-generational project that, you know, people are going to start working on terraform it and never get to actually experience it. But their, yeah. their hope is that their kids, kids, kids will get there. Can you imagine what those sprint boards would look like? Oh, those wouldn't be sprints. <laughs> those <laughs> marathon boards. <laughs> Ultra we marathon a, boards. A th- we are, we're on a three-year sprint. <laughs> yep. <laughs> More like a three-decade sprint. Uh, yeah, so you know, there's, there's that aspect to it. It's like the goal is to turn Mars into another Earth, but to know that it's just it's it's going to be a it's, very long It's time. not going to be easy, right? Yep. And then we'd probably go out to the asteroid belt because there's a lot of materials we can mine from there mm-hmm. uh, and potentially set up uh, you know, permanent residence in the asteroid belt. But life is going to be pretty hard for those people, right? Because, <laughs> I um, mean, we're talking about space, so I would, I would mm-hmm. assume it would be pretty hard pretty much anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like they, I think they even start out with um, a ship that its whole goal is to mine ice from, I think, comets mm-hmm. to take back to the asteroid fields, the bases on the, in the asteroid fields, so they have water. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like... It's like so, back back you know when um ice boxes literally had ice in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you had that guy deliver them. 
deliver yep. it to your your weekly delivery yep. of ice. We're going back to that essentially. Except this is a big spaceship. It's just and, it's just futuristic yeah. ice man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Futuristic ice man. <laughs> uh, but it's just like you know, it's just crazy to think about. It's like, oh yeah, we would need to get water <laughs> there somehow. Right. Like, you know, it would. You know, this this it's uh, water would become a precious resource, and so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of interesting to think about. Um, and then, of course, Mars would get super technologically advanced because you know every generation is grown up to like you know you need to help terraform, and the best and brightest got sent to Mars to be able to terraform it. That you know they're just going to keep getting smarter and better and higher tech. And Earth is overpopulated, so people yeah. are going to get lazier, and you know, it's just there's going to be less and less resources. And of course, Mars is a colony, and they're not going to particularly like that. Right. And there's going to be some point in time when Mars realizes they're way more technologically advanced than Earth, and they don't want to be run by Earth anymore. <laughs> and so they separate from Earth, and so now there's like potentially a war between the technologically advanced mars to the new you know, numerical superiority of earth mm-hmm. um and of course like the old guard that's on earth as well uh and then on top of that you've got these uh these people out in the asteroid belt called the belters and they're basically treated like slaves you know and mm-hmm. they're like uh, almost owned by you know the earth and mars you know they they go out there they uh, uh, you know the kids that are born out in the asteroid fields like they can't even step foot on planets because their bones can't handle it oh um, wow well think about it like yeah. they grow up in very low g right and mm-hmm. so they actually get really tall and lanky and you know very low bone density and uh at one point in time they do they torture um a belter by bringing them down to earth and putting and the only way that they're this person's able to even be down there is they have them like in a tank of water and then to again to torture him they drain the water oh. so he's just kind of like hanging there like he's got like his arms and like um these things to hold him up right and, um but yeah it's very painful for him just to be in one g yeah no there's there's yeah. there's an interesting biological question uh mm-hmm. that that comes up in the um the idea of this genetic bottleneck, this artificial genetic bottle bottleneck that yeah, that you have. Okay. Well, what what happens when you send, you know, a bunch of people to Mars, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's it's basically like what happens if ninety percent of the population dies off, right? You lose all of those all of those mutations sure. in the in the DNA, right? Sure. And that's stuff that tends to keep people healthy uh for the most yep. part right yeah so yeah. It's so good. it's good to have that those mutations exactly to have that diversity yeah yep. and so like sending the best and the brightest off to mars is actually a pretty risky prospect yeah if if they aren't getting like as weird as it sounds like a fresh supply of uh <laughs> of like yeah. genes to to mix but, with because the kids but wouldn't wouldn't they also um, eventually create new mutations and whatnot? They would, but it's it's more dangerous, I think, mm-hmm. in the onset. And eventually, oh, yeah. eventually, you become well. Eventually, you hope to become okay. That doesn't always yeah. happen, right? Yeah. Um, 
So that's that sure. would be an interesting <laughs> thing to yeah. I mean, sometimes your species just dies out because you lost yep. you lost everything in your genetics that was that was saving you. Um, yeah. and yeah. so I wonder. Like, I know the show probably doesn't take that angle, but it, it's hard for me to look at that and not wonder about you know what would happen if you know you sent ten percent mm-hmm. of your population to Mars and. Yeah then that would that was it they were left on their own yeah from a genetics perspective i don't remembering them mentioning anything like that um but they do cover a lot of really interesting things that you just wouldn't necessarily think about um and so it's it's a smart show now it's it's based off of a book series so obviously like that's covered in the books like certain things are covered in the book series right and they can only show a a subset of those on the tv show Mm -hmm. um so I wonder if maybe the book series covers that concept. Um, because again, like the stuff that's in the TV show is definitely in the the books because mm-hmm. um, they just right. cover more. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'd be curious what they left out. Yeah. No kidding. Um, but like, this is why when, you know, people are saying we have 100 Siberian tigers left, like, and yeah, there's some people, big deal. why some yeah. people are like, well, that's, you're, you're kind of already too late, you yeah. know, like, Yep. Yes, they can be saved, but it's it's not going to be what it used to be for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, so it's it's a, it's an intelligent show. It's uh it's an exciting show. Um, it uh, it's a it's a weird sci fi show, <laughs> which is <laughs> is great because uh, eventually they do. I'm gonna a little bit of a spoiler. Um, aliens do come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when it really, like, I, there is some stuff that's like grounded in, like, oh, this could actually happen. Um, but then there's also like this mix of like crazy sci fi where they do truly go sci fi. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like what, what is life like in the future following this alternate, not even necessarily an alternate timeline. It's like literally like this could be our timeline. Right. But then you know, add in some really weird sci-fi stuff um, <laughs> eventually, which is cool. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's, it still stays fairly grounded, um, uh, in reality ish, but, uh, it's still, it's just, it's, it's neat to see, like, they talk about like the political ramifications, like, you know, how, what are the major politicians talking about when these major events occur mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's like, that's, not not a lot of shows will will take that tact you know yeah. like they'll they'll talk about like what the main hero cares about or the hero's friends or you know the enemies and all that like but but not necessarily what like the geopolitical impact of <laughs> <laughs> you know i guess geopolitical is not the right word because it's more it's, than geo right like, yeah it's, it's, it's um well did they did they mean, leave I, the solar system uh i'm gonna say no okay so it's more of a a solar system political impact yeah i wonder if they call it a system political impact maybe like that yeah whatever i'm sure there's a (laughs) term for like all of space (laughs) you know like (laughs) they call it the expanse galactic i guess it's galactic political impact but we're not talking about the galaxy we're well, talking about we are, right? we're talking about a subset of the galaxy, which is our right. solar system. Yeah. 
Yeah, but we call the Super Bowl, like, people who win the Super Bowl <laughs> world, world champions, but nobody else plays the Super Bowl except for the United States. Which is why you can call them world champions. That's what I'm saying. That why, that's why you could say galactic, the galactic political landscape. Then I guess technically you could say that now, going yeah, by that logic. Totally, totally. About, you absolutely could say that. About the president of the U.S. presidential exactly, election. Yes. It is, the, it is galactic politics at work. Exactly. Leader of the solar system. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, U.S. has a space force now, so there it's you true. go. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah, it's space force. Gonna have some some belters soon. Yep. Put some people on. <laughs> Elon's gonna be on Mars. Yeah, I mean, he already sent his car there, right? Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's, or is it just in orbit? I don't remember if he sent it to Mars or just put it in orbit. I mean, does it does it really matter? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about a man who shot a car into space. Does it really matter? If it it gets to Mars, maybe somebody could drive it when they get there. (laughs) He's like, yeah, no, I just wanted to put that up there for when I get there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people have like a a summer home or, you know, they have have a car they'll drive in the summer. He's got a Mars car. He's got a Mars car. Once he gets there, he'll he'll be set. He's just, yeah. I can see, why, I have this weird mental image of Elon Musk, like, climbing out of a spaceship with a bunch of, like, Tesla batteries in hand. Yep. In hand. <laughs> in hand. These are, he's carrying these, this, What kind of? <laughs> he's carrying them. Do, do you know? Okay. No, they're they're big, but he's still, in, in my vision, hands? They're, he's carrying them. Okay. I mean, it's, like, on his back. He's, they're strapped in. You said, in it, some, you said it was in his hard, hand. He, he's got his hands on them. You got to balance it. Do you, you know how big a Tesla battery is? You can't just let that thing fly. What do you know how big a Tesla battery is? <laughs> I think that's the real question. We're talking about Elon Musk on Mars walking to his car and yeah. and the the reality you want to inject into this situation is the size <laughs> of a Tesla battery. Is that that's what I'm yes. getting? That's that's the most important part of this. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> if that's the case, then I digress. Good. He obviously has his robot butlers that he built for this very specific task carry them out obviously. to his car. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Ding. That's for that's for Mr. McSwift face. <laughs> <laughs>